This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the AEC Engineering and Technology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping engineering professionals find technology that fits their needs. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Kevin Hanna, PLS, Principal and Manager of Terrestrial Geospatial Services at Collier's Engineering and Design. Kevin's journey in serving has been nothing short of remarkable, and in this episode, he'll provide some great insights and talk about his experiences in the fascinating field of laser scanning and reality capture. Whether you're considering a career in laser scanning or simply just curious about this intriguing field, you are in for a treat. With that, let's jump into today's episode. Before we go on, here's a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Collier's Engineering and Design. Thank you to EMI sponsor, Collier's Engineering and Design, a full-service A&E firm with more than 2,200 employees in over 60 offices nationwide. As an industry leader, Collier's Engineering and Design has a responsibility to ensure the built environment is constructed with a commitment to the inclusivity, health, and welfare of our people, clients, and communities. Their expansion has fostered an enterprising culture that provides continued opportunities for employees to grow their careers while accelerating their personal and professional development within the company. For more information about how you can join their team, find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or visit colliersengineering.com. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Nick. It's great to be here, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Could you tell us a little bit more about your surveying career path and how you arrived at your current position as the National Practice Leader for Terrestrial Geospatial Services at Collier's Engineering and Design? I came here in 1986, a long time ago, from uh, Dublin, Ireland. I was a graduate of the Dublin Institute of Technology and uh, you know, started at the bottom and worked my way up, I suppose. I worked in conventional survey, you know, boundary surveying, right-of-way, highway, I was fortunate that along the way, I had a couple of really, really good mentors. I ended up going back to school again, thought it all out. Of course, I went till I was married and had three kids. So that took a few years to get that. Once I um, got my degree in survey engineer technology, that was NGIT. The next natural step was to get my license. So I became professionally licensed in New Jersey. And at that point, I'm like, well, where am I going now? So I'm one of those 3D guys. It's always interested me. And early on, I'd um, seen in the magazines that were talking about this LiDAR and there was this piece of equipment called Cyrax. And like, quite honestly, it looked really, really cool. So from there, I got really immersed in uh, terrestrial laser scanning, laser scanning LiDAR. There's so many different terms. And it's been about 20 years now that I've been using this technology with my surveying experience. So um, I came here to Collier's about 13 years ago and uh, started the scanning discipline here at Laser Scan at Collier's Engineering Design. And now it's ubiquitous. We offer uh, 3D laser scanning throughout all of our 70 plus offices. So uh, 
always challenging, always new stuff coming up. So that's where I got to where I am right now. You know, you're starting surveying from degree to licensure, that kind of magazine article that piqued your interest. Do you have any other like specific experiences or projects that really showed your love for like laser scanning and reality capture? There's many of them. First of all, you know, being a surveyor, we're pragmatists by definition, we're measurement scientists. So um, frequently the work we do, there's risk involved. And obviously laser scanning is non-tactile. You don't have to go stand there and take the measurements anymore. So it started off with a, a highway project, actually a, a rock remediation job, where um, I really felt that scanning offered a rapid and safe way to do this. It was challenging. And at the time, it, the technology was rather new. Processing time took a little bit longer, but the deliverable in the end was fantastic. The client was delighted with it. Um, it's only gotten better since then. You know, there's been equipment uh, improvements with the software and the equipment. But I think that first project, I had to prove to myself and to my employer, look, this stuff works. So from there, that was a hardware project. And then as my career possessed and I was, you know, progressed and I was fortunate that other challenges came up, I tried to integrate 3D laser scanning into that approach. And at the same time, encourage others to learn about this because as a practitioner, you know, you can't do it all on your own. And uh, day in, day out, week in, week out, we use this technology all the time. But it's worth mentioning that my training and field experience as a licensed Lancer has always served me well with this technology. Which is great to hear because, you know, you hear in our industry, right, that there's always this adoption curve when it comes to new technologies, right? People aren't always sure what they're going to get out of it, especially if they're like used to some of the tried and true. Could you talk a little bit about project teams and teamwork as it relates to these newer technologies, right? Like, because if you say on this project, right, proved the usefulness of the technology on the roadway project, right? I'm sure there was a little bit of a process in getting the rest of your team to buy into what you were doing. The important thing is you've got to connect with people and people have to have a comfort level when it. For example, uh, I remember when we started to use PCs, that's how long I've been in the game, and people, you know, we were told that you're going to work off a server. Everybody was very wary of it, but slowly but surely people became to accept it. Similarly with, with the laser scanning technology, I had to kind of ease people into it, if you will, and show them that it actually worked. But I'm glad you mentioned teamwork because that's, you cannot do it all on your own. I mean, and there's a phrase we use here at Collier's Engineering Design. It goes like this. It goes, teamwork for, for Collier's is leveraging our collective strengths and learning from our mistakes. In other words, I may have a vision to do something, but the beauty of being part of a team is someone may look at it from a different angle and collectively will come up with a approach that works, meets or exceeds the client's expectations. And most importantly, since you touched on it there, we've got QAQC. We can check our data to make sure that the data is correct. It's wonderful when you look at a piece of scan data. It's just amazing. But our QAQC procedures are very important. So with the younger generation, now people, maybe my own, they absorb the concepts, are more open to them. Now I find, and let's say 15 years ago when it was all very, very new, but at this stage, you know, laser scanning is ubiquitous. More and more people use them, but teamwork is a key component because the other two thing is too is 
with a laser scanner, you know, a day's worth of work in eight hours, you're gathering so much information that on the backside and the opposite of things, you can keep people busy for quite a long time. There's many different modeling, deformation analysis. There's so much information being gathered in that eight hours that says a user example to keep people busy. So that's a big part of it. And that's interesting now that you you've mentioned, right? Between 15 years ago and today, right? Some technologies were newer and they've slowly kind of been absorbed into the mainstream. But your career, right, as a technical specialist in laser scanning, 3D modeling, right? You've pretty much seen it all to this point. But what do you see the future of this field in this industry being, right? Like what emerging technologies do you think are on their way? And like, where is this all going? I'll give you one example. You can see behind me, there, there's a laser scanner there. The equipment is getting smaller, lighter, easier to use. If you look at anything, I joke sometimes, I go, the, the, the go button gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think it's going to be more available to people. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some form of laser scanner available to contractors. You may even see it in, you know, your Home Depot stores and stuff like that, you know, as a general application. The experience you lead in the backgrounds, particularly in civil, mechanical, in the nuclear field, that doesn't go away. But the equipment's the data capture side of things is going to get a lot easier. I'm hoping that data compression, right now we're still tied to storing information on a solid state drive on a scanner, downloading it, uploading it, and working on it. I wouldn't be surprised if at some stage you're scanning and it goes to the cloud and it's back at the office by the time you get there. You know, I could see that happening in the terms of data compression. And then there's no doubt about it. AI is not going away. So for the registration side of things, I know with some softwares right now, they're using AI to process data, but that's going to become ubiquitous too. So that the registration process will be a lot quicker. It'll be a push push button operation. And then too, I think on the modeling side too, that's going to be accelerated too. So smaller, quicker, easier to use. But you know, I want to make an important point. It's not going to be solution to everything. Experience and understanding the importance of accuracy doesn't really go away, but more and more people will be able to use the equipment. Hopefully, too, it'll create new opportunities. The fear was when laser scanning first came on the market, like, oh, we're going to lose work. No, um, what it did was it created newer opportunities for people in the surveying and civil world to use their hard-won experience with this technology. So hopefully it'll create new opportunities as well. Especially in our field, sometimes it's underappreciated how many, let's say, mundane tasks there are, right? Where you're like, you know, I need to do it. It's part of the project, but I wish I could do X instead. And these emerging technologies really offer those opportunities because like you said, right, you can collect so much data in the field and allow your team back in the office to do things I'm sure they couldn't do 15 years ago, right? Once people understand that there is something better in it for them, it actually helps them better adopt what these emerging technologies have to offer. With this technology, one of the most important parts for us at Collier's Engineering is safety. Number one, safety. If you think of it, laser scanning in working in electrified environments, substations, nuclear plants, highways, rail lines, electrified rail, 
being in those environments, human beings being, there's, there's always an element of risk. And if you can um, gather information from a safe distance without having to physically be there, that's a big plus. And like you mentioned a second ago, Nick, you're gathering so much information in a relatively short period of time. With that one mobilization, typically if you were to get items A through F, you would do that conventionally. With laser scanning now, you're getting A through Z with that one mobilization. So logistically, you're capturing everything in one visit, if you will. And then you can mine that data at a given time, depending on a certain set of requirements, and then go back to a later date and pull out even more information. So there's value there with laser scanning. So safety and value are two key features with this technology. As we were talking about earlier, right, there's a difference between laser scanning and reality capture and surveying, right? Today, they're tightly linked because a lot of surveying firms are using reality capture techniques, but how does laser scanning and reality capture contribute to the survey geospatial discipline? And then how does BIM fit into all this, right? Because there's talk of, you know, scan to BIM and using the data you collect in the field to make models, but what is your take on how it all kind of comes together? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Nick, because up until now, we'd be talking LIDAR, 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 LIDAR. But as you said there, reality capture. So now it's LIDAR and imagery, you know, 3D photography, bubble views, what have you. So that's an even easier, from a business point of view, an even easier sell. There's a certain amount of know-how and maybe 3D awareness requirements to use LIDAR data. But with 3D imagery, everybody is familiar with that now. So the beauty of it is that people can now virtually visit a space. It could be a warehouse, a hospital where they're doing fit outs, um, repurposing, and they're looking at imagery. But the beauty is you've got the scan data in the background. So not only can they look at this beautiful immersive imagery that you can push your way through and it's point and click, anybody can do it, but you also have the added value of metrics you can take measurements from the photographs. And uh, it's great to see people's faces light up like, really? You can get the width of a doorway? You can get the height of a heather? You can measure pipe lengths? So the tools in these packages, and there's quite a few of them, some are better than others. Number one, the imagery is easier for people to embrace, but then they find out because of the LIDAR, the scanning in the background, it's got a useful tool. So for example, let's say real estate or commercial properties, people want to know, widths and heights, they want to know floor areas and stuff like that for architectural requirements or repurposing. That's all combined into one package now with reality capture. So you've got the reality capture, the built environment, the imagery all rolled into one. They don't always know it there, but they're sure grateful to see those tools. Immersive imagery is a very big part of laser scanning now too, but you hear more about reality capture. I mean, following on from that too is Revit modeling and building and building information modeling. What are you doing in a BIM? You're creating a model. Historically, BIM, Revit, for example, Autodesk Revit was built conceptually. Now you have the beauty of the scan data where you're modeling in place. So if you had a conceptual model built, now you can take the scan data build the models from the scan and compare it to do and see, is your concept going to work? And frequently, while conceptual models are wonderful, people want an actual real model. 
So there's the beauty of the scan data where we're modeling from the LiDAR data and, you know, the wonders of the software and a lot of skilled know-how too on the practitioner side of thing. That's another component of laser scanning and offers another service there to an even larger population of people. And it's, it's also very, very easy to share. That's a big selling point with reality capture and the BIM environment. And it's great how you've pulled it all together, right? Because there's different stakeholders who have different needs, right? Like let's use a Matterport tour as an example. Say like a potential tenant or a homeowner might be interested more in the 360 photographs. Their contractor might be more interested in pulling dimensions to help them remodel. And their real estate agent might care about both because they're interested in marketing the property, gathering measurements for square footage, right? So it's all there. So all stakeholders can do so. And then as you alluded to more with like scan to bin and things of that nature, right? Now you go from, I've experienced this, right? Trying to model something from as-built drawings from 40 years ago, but now you have the capability to just scan something as is and bring in a true representation of the built environment today, which is awesome because you're no longer just relying on a guess or some form of documentation from years and years ago, you're actually able to get the data that you need today with the level of accuracy required. You said something there that just sparked something in my mind and I'd be remiss as they say if I didn't say it. So up until now, you're scanning, you know, it's on a tripod. That has a disadvantage too in terms of how quickly you can gather the data. So the whole world now, dynamic scanning or IMMS, indoor mobile mapping systems, that's a whole other new area too, where you're essentially putting the scanner and the cameras on your person and walking around the environment. As you're walking around, you're gathering all this data. And by and large, most Revit modeling, reality capture work that I'm involved with is IMMS or dynamic scanning where you're walking around, whether it's a device you wear, and I don't want to mention any brand names, or you're actually holding the device the manufacturers are all going in that too. That's a requirement too. They want the data rapidly and also the processing time rapidly, but they want the imagery. So reality capture, that's the thing right now. That's where it's going. And, you know, I mentioned before about, you know, when this technology came in and years ago, people were like, well, we're going to lose our jobs. More and more people in my discipline are getting involved with that. You should never cut your nose off despite your face. If there's a market for it, go after it. Granted, there's different accuracy requirements, but getting back to my point at the start of a conversation, there's different scanners for different applications, but certainly dynamic scanning immersive energy is in high demand nowadays. Kevin, with all of this technology, right, that just seems to be kind of coming at us like a whirlwind, right? What is the best way for professionals in your industry to stay updated with the trends and the new technologies, right? Because there's always going to be something new in the market, but do you have a strategy that you help your people, like let's say employ to just keep up with just this rapid pace of, of growth of technology? Number one, unsurprisingly enough, is it's it tested. Don't try something new in a large project. Large projects have larger mistakes. So I would say if you know somebody, there's lots of work out there. It, talk to people that know about that if you can. There's so much on the internet as well, and manufacturers are only too willing to come out and give you demonstrations on this equipment where you can actually test it out and try it for yourself. 
what I've seen happen is, you know, for smaller organizations and, and they're in the majority, that the financial outlay for buying equipment can be a heavy load. And you could have someone else gather the data and you process it yourself. Know exactly what your needs are. Talk to the manufacturers. There's an awful lot of uh, useful information on the internet and more and more people are actually doing it. But you've got to make sure that you're buying the right equipment for the type of work you're doing because I keep saying there's different equipment, hardware, be it scanners and software for different applications. So I'd say do your homework first and foremost. And the thing about it is too, the equipment is getting easier to use. The learning curve is a lot shallower. So that's a plus too. Previously, it could be rather cumbersome, you know, data management, file management, processing and stuff like that was a lot harder because you want to get up and running and you want to start making money with it at the end of the day, you know. So it's gotten a lot easier, but um, be aggressive. Know what type of products you plan on using this technology for. There's no easy way around that. Know your methodology, right? Know your first principles, know your product and know what the end result's going to be because as I'm sure you can attest to, right? Like different standards, different client needs, different outcomes. And it's just a matter of, of understanding how it all comes together to just pick the best process for the desired end result. And oftentimes with this type of technology, you can take a hybrid approach where you use your own conventional approaches with this technology. And then the sky's the limit too with lighter technology. I've been involved with projects where we're using tripod, static scanning with mobile and aerial and combine them all together. But of course, the glue that put them all together was good old survey control. You know, that's a big component of it. So the sky is the limit there with that. Is there any final pieces of advice you'd give to anyone who's an aspiring survey professional, particularly those who are interested in reality capture, laser standing, and the other technologies we've talked about today? I'd say to people interested in getting into the field is it's very, very cool. And I think for uh, younger professionals getting into the field, take a closer look at laser scanning. There's many, many opportunities for you where you can create a niche for yourself. We're still exploring ways to use this technology. So that alone, because of the, you know, it's high tech, it's cool, it's very interesting. I've been in different parts of the world. I never thought I'd be doing this with laser scanning. So that's attractive. Also, it's relatively easier to learn. And people are growing up now not myself, obviously, in the iPhone world. So that in itself kind of prepares people for this technology. That's really it, you know, to get young people interested in technology and see that this field is, there's many, many different aspects that you could end up being an, a specialist with, with this technology. And lateral thinking, thinking out of the box, that's the big appeal with LiDAR and immersive imagery. Kevin, a pleasure having you on the show. What's the best way for the audience to connect with you if they have any more questions about what we talked about today? Sure. The easiest thing is to go on to the Collier's Engineering and Design website. And my email is kevin.hanna at colliersenng.com. That's C-O-L-L-I-E-R-S-E-N-G.com. But the easiest way is to go on to the Collier's website, Collier's Engineering and Design, I should say. We will catch you next time. Thank you so much. All right. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Please remember, you can find the show notes for this episode, aectechpodcast.com. 
There, you'll find a summary of a key point discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering and technology endeavors.